Hey friends, welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a passion to share, or a dream that she is pursuing. This is episode 39, and I get to chat with my friend, Brittany Pellegra. Brittany has a very unique story to share with you today. Brittany was born profoundly deaf, something that her grandfather, grandmother, and also her older brother had struggled with. She was one of the first two people in Memphis, Tennessee to receive a cochlear implant, the other one being her older brother, Sito. Today, we talk about her journey through that experience and especially the most significant words that she heard for the first time. We get to hear about how she grew up in middle school and high school being teased, how she dealt with that, and also, most importantly, the grace that she experienced when she met Jesus for the first time. Brittany is contagious with her joy and her passion, and so I know you're going to be super encouraged by Brittany today. Here's our conversation. Okay, so welcome to the podcast, Brittany. Thank you for having me here. Yay, I'm excited. We just met everybody. <laughs> we just met like 10 and minutes ago. We became best friends right we have, now. We are BFF already. Um, Brittany's aunt and my mom work together at church. So that's how we kind of got connected. And mom's like, you really need to have Brittany on the show. That's so sweet. And I was like, and then I looked at you up on Instagram. I was like, she's the cute. Or Facebook. I stalked you totally. Mm, and I was like, okay. you are the best. Aww. She's so cute. And I loved your story. So thank you for being here today. No, I'm excited. Yay. I'm excited. Good. Okay. So um, for people that don't know you, you tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Brittany, obviously. And I'm 30, year, 30 years old. And I... Um, have lived in Memphis my entire life. I was born and ra- raised in Memphis, and um, me too, me too. I've been here all the time. Oh yeah. my gosh! Well, yeah. I moved several times. Okay, okay. With jobs okay. and internship, I dated Sunny Abroad, okay. but Memphis is my home, okay. so I've always came back. Um, I have two older brothers, um, so I'm the baby girl, Aww. and um, I guess um, very competitive. So when it comes to sports and to work or my walk with Jesus Christ, I like to go. Um, all in and some Love fair it. competitive and that. Love it. So that's great. a little bit about me. That's great. Well, and your mom looks like your sister, by the way. I've seen I pictures know. of your mom. I hope I look good as she does at her age. I you, mean, you really. will. You've got good genes. Okay, she good. Looks I hope amazing. so. <laughs> yes, she could be your sister. So that's good. You've got yeah. good genes. Awesome. Okay, so kind of going back. Um, as a child, you were born with a hearing impairment. Correct. Tell me what, at from birth. Mm-hmm. So tell me, um, how did your parents know that there was, that you had an issue with that? Well, that's a great question because um, it didn't start with me. It actually started with my mom's side of the family. Okay. Uh, both of my grandparents were both deaf. So my grandfather was born completely deaf. Mm. My grandmother developed hearing loss when she was a baby. Okay. So my mom lived through that lifestyle, wow. um, having two deaf parents. Um, and unfortunately, my, grandfa- my grandfather died when my mom was 12. Okay. So she... Um, was the oldest child of three. Mm-hmm. And so um, every little simple activities, like going to the grocery store, mm-hmm. she, my grandmother couldn't understand the cashier telling her how much it was because she um, had hearing loss, uh-huh. but also she couldn't speak. Um, so she was moot, and um, she did not lip read on top of that. So my mom had to do everything for her. So mm-hmm. think about me at age 12. She had to grow up quick. Wow. And so that that's where the uh, deafness come in, and it's just kind of uh, brought it on to 
uh, my parents' family. And let me ask you this. So when you're, you're saying your mom's parents, so they were um, from two different, obviously, two different families, Correct. and they... And they were both hearing impaired. That's yeah, so amazing. they met. So when they met, um, did they meet through like a class or something like that? I have or not? no idea. How okay, they I was just thinking, oh, that's so unusual. No, but, but did your grandmother at the time when she met him? Yeah. Did she have the hearing loss? She already loss? had the hearing loss. She did. Um, so yeah, wow. they were both signing. So they never okay. spoke. Okay, you know they both signed. They were both signers, and wow, all of their kids are all hearing. Okay. So my mom, okay. my aunt Debbie, uh-huh. um, and my uncle Mike are all hairy. Okay. So okay. none of their kids were deaf. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Really neat. Okay. So so continue with the story. So then your two elder brothers were born. Well, so my oldest brother, Cito, mm-hmm. was born deaf okay. as well. Okay. My middle brother named Nick, mm-hmm. he was not born deaf. He was born completely hearing. Wow. And he's in the Air Force. I'm doing okay. really well with the Air Force career. So it's really interesting to see. Yeah. Um, two kids from the same, you know, family mom and dad. with uh-huh. hearing loss. Same yeah. mom and dad, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, so did so when your mom was pregnant with you, mm-hmm. there was no way, obviously, back then. I mean, I'm in my 30s, too. So okay. back then, they didn't have, you know, the ultrasounds and all that that they have now. Right. Um, when did they know there was a problem? Yeah. Well, so my oldest brother, Cito, mm-hmm. um, they did... Um, they realized quickly that he wasn't, you know, injury mm-hmm. their um, their call, or he wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. So, if my parents called my brother's name, he wasn't responding to that. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was born, mm-hmm. they um, they learned pretty quickly, okay. you know, within six months maybe, mm-hmm. um, that there was something wrong, that okay. there was something off, that I wasn't responding. I mean, they could throw something on the ground um, and make really loud noises, and the airplane could fly by me, mm-hmm. wouldn't even flinch. Wow. Wow. So they knew that pretty soon as a, a baby. sooner than CETO, yes. And they knew that to look for that. I mean, and mm-hmm. your mom, you know, she was the oldest of, of, of her siblings, and then she saw her parents have that, and now she's kind of seeing it from that side, and now she's seeing it in her children. In her own children. But the biggest difference between um, my grandparents and my brother and I, my mom wanted to do something different. She didn't mm. want us to live through that same lifestyle mm. as my grandparents. Gotcha. Um, so my parents worked really hard mm. to find some... Um, you know, answers as far as how can my children live um, normally, mm-hmm, you know, whether mm-hmm. that means to speak orally mm-hmm. or get some sort of hearing devices, mm-hmm. um, like hearing aids. And mm-hmm. cochlear implants were super new mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So my parents were doing tons of research just trying to find ways. Because, uh, like, as you mentioned, my mom lived through that lifestyle of not, um, you know, not be able to have a normal hearing child. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so when they were, so how much older is Sito? Uh, Sito, so he's thirty-seven. Okay, so seven years seven. difference. Mm-hmm. And what did they do for him when he was a baby? So um, they sent him to the school um, named Memphis Oral School for the Deaf mm-hmm. um, to go through that program because it's a completely oral program. Okay. But back in the day, mm-hmm. they didn't have cochlear implants mm-hmm. or um, hearing aids were around, but it was like expensive. You had to pay mm-hmm. out of pocket for that. Because that was in the early 80s. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that was new. It mm-hmm. was different. And because my brother was born completely deaf, mm-hmm. hearing aids did not work mm-hmm. whatsoever. So gotcha. he never was able to wear hearing aids mm-hmm. while he went through the program at Memphis Oral School for the Deaf. Mm-hmm. So they learned by listening, by um, touching people's voices. Okay. And 
um, look at the people's mouths to make sure they were pronouncing words correctly. Okay. That's how Seton learned wow. language. Wow. Um, and then, of course, when I came along, that's mm-hmm. how I learned language as well. Because I didn't get my Ku Klan plan until I was four. Okay. okay. So what led up to that? Like, you you were not also a candidate for hearing impairment. I mean, hearing aids because... Because I was you were profoundly deaf. So okay. if you think of... Loud noises like airplane, lawnmower, or a car crash, or even um, you know any sort of um, instruments like drums, mm. anything. I did not hear okay. that okay. whatsoever. So then, at that point, so that you're point, five. Yeah. Or lead, leading up to that, when you got so your I went through the program, mm-hmm. and um, so my parents went through a Shea Clinic, and that's how they learned mm-hmm. about Ku Klan Plan. So my parents were trying to do more research on it to make sure that this is a good good opportunity for my brother and I. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, insurance, medical insurance, did not pay for it. Okay. So my parents had to raise money to pay mm-hmm. for my brother's cochlear implant first because mm-hmm. uh, it requires surgery. So it's not okay. like in here when you could pop, pop it on. You actually have to have surgery. Okay. So they had to raise money for my brother to mm-hmm. get a cochlear implant first, then raise money to get my cochlear implant. So you talk about $100,000 wow. um, combined. Wow. Um, so they had to raise some money for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother and I were the first one in Memphis to get a cochlear implant. Really? So um, at that time, my parent didn't have any support system as far as talking to other parents. Mm-hmm. They um, have wow. decided to go that route. Cochlear implant round, isn't it? Sign language round. Mm-hmm. Um, they literally depended on their faith in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to. Um, they trusted God. They trusted mm-hmm. that um, this is the right path. Even though they got a lot of, um, what did they say, the wet, but a lot of um, slack. Yeah, from the deaf community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, saying that you know God created you this way, mm-hmm. so you should stay this way. Mm-hmm. And we are, you know. We have nothing against because my grandmother she right. cannot wear a cochlear implant. She can't speak. She she depends on sign sign language. Mm-hmm. So my parents have nothing against that. Right. But they just felt like you know God gave them this opportunity. Mm-hmm. God gave them. Um, God gave us doctors mm-hmm. and and that to do a great work in in your life so that you can hear and depend on it. So my parents just felt like this was the mm-hmm. right route. Mm-hmm. And if that means I had to waste money or go in debt, so my mm-hmm. brother and I can have an opportunity to hear, they were going to do it. So they did. That is precious. Fortunately for me, mm-hmm. I still had a year left at Memphis Wolf School mm-hmm. for the Deaf. So the teachers there, mm-hmm. the speech therapists there, the audiologists there, worked so hard mm-hmm. in that last year that mm-hmm. I was at Memphis Wolf School mm-hmm. for the Deaf to be able to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and hear with my cochlear implant and understand words. Apparently, my favorite word is why. Because I didn't <laughs> know anything made noises at that oh, time. Wow. Even think about it. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that car made noises. I didn't know blinkers, you know, made noises. Wow. I didn't know that um, washing machine made noises. Mm. I didn't know that the refrigerator ice maker made noises. That's, so it's, uh, That's amazing. So any noises, my parents has always told me that my favorite word was why. Like, why? Why Why is it making noise? Why? 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 Because you never heard it before. Because I never heard anything before. And so tell me, take me back to when, do you remember the first time you got your cochlear implant and you heard something for the first time? So that's funny. People ask me that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And you would think, I remember the first time I heard, Mm -hmm. I don't. But you were only four. I, I don't have many four. memories at right, four. Right, so. I do. But yeah. one thing I remember so well was I was in my house, my parents' house, obviously, um, and my parents 
and my parents told me that I need to wear my implant mm-hmm. outside of school, and she said that way my brain can continue to understand speech from my cochlear implant. Okay. So, um, but I was just so tired. Mm. I just didn't want to wear the implant because I was just so tired. I was tired of listening all day, every mm. day. My my dad was like, "No, we need to make sure you wear it." So I just remember. I was so upset with him, so I was screaming, you know, kicking him maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But he put the cochlear implant on, and I heard myself screaming. And you know, that was—I don't know why it was—it was that moment I realized. Wait a minute, I'm hearing myself screaming. Mm-hmm. I guess because that was probably the first time I ever screamed really loud, mm-hmm. and I heard myself for the first time. And I looked at my dad um, with a deer um, headlights. Um, yeah. I mean, I looked at my dad, and I, I was like, that's so weird that I, I can hear something. So my dad just knew. I don't know where it came from, but he just knew that in that moment, whatever comes out of his mouth, mouth um, whatever comes out of his mouth, that it could be so sick and nipping for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's when he said, I love you, for the first time that um, I was able to hear that and not mm-hmm. just lip read him say I love you. So I heard that and I was just like, Dad, I love you too. And I knew for some reason I knew after that moment I never wanted to take out my cochlear implant. And I knew mm-hmm. I'm going to have to work hard to be able to hear, to be able to listen, and to be able to work on my speech every day after that because I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to hear that again. Mm-hmm. What an awesome story! <laughs> oh, I'm tearing up. How old were you then? Do you remember? I was four. You were four. So it was it was really quickly after mm. I got my ears turned on. Do you know how it works? No, I want to okay. hear. Okay, so um, a cochlear implant requires an external and an internal component. Okay. So in your cochlea, it gives you over 20,000 hair cells mm-hmm. or hair waves, if you want to say that. Um, and that hair wave sends vibrations to your auditory nerve. Mm-hmm. That's the shortest way I can explain it. Yeah. I have no hair cells or mm-hmm. hair waves. I have, so as a normal hearing child like you, mm-hmm. you have over 20,000. I have none. So mm-hmm. nothing was getting to the auditory nerve. No vibration, no waves, no uh, noise was getting mm-hmm. to the auditory nerve. So the internal component is called the cochlear implant okay. that goes into your cochlea, mimics uh, those hair waves additionally. Okay. Okay. So just getting those um, high and low frequency sound, that city sound to your auditory nerve. Okay. But the external is a processor, which is kind of like a, a microphone. If someone's talking to the microphone, it amplifies for me to okay. be able to hear what's coming out of my uh, cochlear low and high uh, frequency sounds. Okay, that's so interesting. So that's why there's a two component. So okay. once I take off, my external component is called the sound processor. Once okay. I take it off, I can't hear anything. So mm. that's why I'm considered still deaf. Without my gotcha. I mean, without my sound processor. Okay. So, do you? When do you take it off? At nighttime when I go to bed. Okay. And, and that's I sleep the only great. Time. Okay. I sleep good. That's I don't right. hear anything. <laughs> I was sleep be... like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, in like shower, that's I like, take that off in the shower. Off in but the it's shower. waterproof. So, okay. okay. People do wear it in the shower. Okay. I wear it when I go swimming now. Okay. Grow it up, I couldn't. Okay. Um, okay. It yeah. was a waterproof back okay, then. Okay, back then. But now yeah. they've... So do you get it... Technology. Like, do you, yeah, as technology Upgrade. advanced, you yeah. get upgrades. I do. Okay. So um, right now, I should... I have the newest upgrade. Mm-hmm. It's called the Nucleus uh, 
six, and the upgrade was two years ago. So okay. it might be a couple more years. So medical insurance will pay for an upgrade every five years. Okay. It doesn't matter how old you are. Okay. So you could be 90 year old and get a clear clearing plan, um, and medical insurance now will pay for both okay. children and adults. Wow. Which is That's really huge. great. That's huge. Yeah. Well, and so do you, you go under yes. surgery and outpatient. they replace that? Okay. So, okay. yes, it's surgery, but it's outpatient, um, outpatient surgery. Is it the internal? Internal they, is inside forever. The, the, but is that the one that they upgrade? Or is no, it you the upgrade out, on the outside. On the outside, the external That's, a, go, that's okay. a great question. So you, your internal, so I was implanted at age four. My mm-hmm. internal is still the same internal gotcha. device since I was four. So I've gotcha. had it for 26 years. Yeah, yeah. The, on the outside, I was able to upgrade every okay. five years so far. And does that help with the hearing? or oh, just yes. Okay, okay. You can just, tell the difference. Yeah, it's just like with the background noises especially. Oh. Or if you're talking on the phone... So you're going from landline phone uh-huh. to cell phone. So technology okay. with the process improves as well. You okay. know, they adapt to new changes with, okay. with this technology in this world. Okay. So okay. Bluetooth, you know, um, we have a, um, you guys have Bluetooth where, mm-hmm. you know, hands-free, so you don't have to mm-hmm. actually have to have a phone on your ear. Mm-hmm. Same thing with us. So okay. new technology has come, so we don't, we can access to the same technology as a normal person okay. would. Okay, okay. Okay, so that was when you were four, and then you're growing up, and you went one more year at the Memphis Oral School for the Deaf, and then did you kind of mainstream? Okay, so you mainstreamed, mainstreamed and you, Mm -hmm. how was your speech at that time? Did you Um, have any as a child? I mean, with the sounds, like you said, you couldn't hear, but... How how was that when you graduated from the Memphis Oral well, School? Well, I still took speech therapy until high school. Okay. My parents were really strict about that. They yeah. wanted to make sure I could speech therapy, That's so great. they encouraged that. And so yeah. I went to speech therapy, middle school, high school. Okay. Um, but my parents also worked with me at home. Mm. So after school, you know, if That's I have vocabulary words. Mm. So it's not just the school that gave me that support. It's also my parents that gave mm-hmm. me that support as well. Absolutely. Um, you need both. You do. Uh, yeah, you do. absolutely. Um, School is only eight hours a day. Yeah. We're parents, you know, you have them a lot longer. That's right. So music was never a big thing for us. We're, mm-hmm. We don't, we're not a musical family mm-hmm. um, because they wanted to make sure my oldest brother, Sito, and I could actually speak and have conversation. So mm-hmm. they, we were talking all the time. So mm-hmm. that's probably why I'm a huge talker now. <laughs> <laughs> but we, that, that's, wow. my parents wanted to, Mm-hmm. Us to be able to communicate and talk mm-hmm. so we can learn to listen. Because mm-hmm. even though I was in planning in age four, it's not an overnight miracle. Mm-hmm. You have to work at it. Mm-hmm. And as your um, body develops, how your mm-hmm. hearing develops as well, mm-hmm. or if there's new noises I've never heard before, because as your um, brain or your speech or your language develop, you mm-hmm. have to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it took a really long time. And mm-hmm. the processor back then wasn't as good as it is now. Right, sure. So, as you uh, upgrade to so new technology, that's when the speech gets better. Mm, okay. Okay, so you're going through this, and you're now mainstreamed in regular middle school, high school. How is that with your peers? Um, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so middle school, I would say it was probably the hardest years in mm-hmm. my life just because I really— Okay, so even though I'm mainstream in public school right after I graduated— from Memphis Oral School for the Deaf, there were still other deaf kids that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to go to school with my neighborhood friends, mm-hmm. and they were all hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents were like, okay, um, you could try this, but if you fail class or if you if you, if you you don't do well, we want to send you back to mm-hmm. um, another school that you can interact with 
other people, okay. other deaf children, and yeah. have help there. Yeah. So I went to Cape Bon. I did mm-hmm. so good at mm-hmm. Cape Bon. I mean, I got in trouble for talking too much, <laughs> but um, I went to detention a lot. Oh. And in fifth grade, because I was talking too much. Like, oh, she's having a normal conversation with the teacher yeah. while she's teaching the class. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so how's your day, miss? But let's see. Um, you're doing good. You look good. Oh, I mean, And she's like, I'm teaching the class. <laughs> and so she would have to, like, mark it. Oh, that you know, the only time I had detention was because I was talking to my neighbor in class. Oh, perfect. I mean, you know, my gosh. If, what else can you get in trouble for, right? Right. right. Talking. I mean, talking. <laughs> True. Oh, man. So, yeah, but when I got to middle school, mm-hmm. that's when things mm-hmm. kind of changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you that's... know, a lot of people just, you just go through that. Yeah, I, it's, I think, it is, I think but... even for, a, you know, a child that has hearing, doesn't have a hearing loss, it's hard. Yeah, middle school's the worst. It is. It's the I mean, worst. And you're trying girls to... and all that. So you went, how, how did you deal with that? Well, um, I had some amazing friends. Mm. Um, some girlfriends that I look back and I'm like, I'm so grateful I had mm. those friendships. Mm. But I, um, I wanted to be popular. You know, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to look good. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to look at me and say, oh, that's a deaf Britney. I want mm-hmm. them to say, this is Britney that can play basketball, or she's smart, or she's pretty, mm-hmm. or whatever it can be, but not deaf Britney. I mm-hmm. didn't want to be known at that. So those amazing friends that mm-hmm. I kept could have been, like, someone I could depend on. And I mm-hmm. I did, but looking back, I probably should have stayed with that. Those friendship mm-hmm. in my life will probably be a little bit differently because <laughs> I look back and I see all this stuff that I did in middle school, and I wish I never did. Mm-hmm. But it's because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to right. look cool. Right. I mean, people can literally say behind me and say my name, and I wouldn't even understand what they're saying because mm-hmm. I was still learning, mm-hmm. and that technology of the processor has mm-hmm. it really improved. So now these days you have... Um, it's called uh, dual microphone, where it picks up the front of you and as well as behind you. Back in the day, it only picked up what was front of me. Oh. So anybody that was okay. behind me, I couldn't hear. You couldn't hear it. I okay. couldn't hear it all. Gotcha. So people picked that up quickly mm. and just walked by me. It's just made fun of me, mm. and I wouldn't even know it. And there was supposedly my friend, mm. uh, my friend's. And so what really made a difference for me is when I got to high school in basketball. Hmm. Mate, was a prob- it was like the love of my life. Hmm. Um, and yes, I grew up in a Christian home. And yes, I knew that there was a Jesus Christ. Yes, I knew that. But I didn't know what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I didn't know what that means. Hmm. Probably because of my hearing loss as well. You know, struggling mm-hmm. through that. Basketball was just there. It didn't mm-hmm. talk back to me. It didn't like um, you make know make fun of you. It didn't make fun of me, and mm-hmm. I was good at it. Mm-hmm. I was really good at it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't sound. I don't mean to sound conceited, but I was good at no, it. No, that's good. And so that's just an outlet I went mm-hmm. to, and so I played basketball before school, after school, um, and I loved basketball. And people saw me and said, "Wow, that girl can play." Not, mm-hmm. "Oh, wow, she's deaf." She, they looked at me differently, and so I that's liked awesome. that. And that was an outlet I would do. I put all of my stress, my love, my hate into mm. um, one, one sport, and that was basketball. That's awesome. So that's what really got me through middle mm. school and high school, really. That's great. Um, and then, of course, in high school, I realized that I need to hang out with true friends. Mm. So I started not caring about fitting in with the popular kids. I started not caring anymore. And so one day that really got me through is, um, you know, they have city halls mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. 
I didn't want to do study hall. I wanted to go uh, be with a special education class because mm-hmm. I want them to know that they have someone behind them and have their back mm-hmm. because I know what that was like. Right. I know what it's like not having true friends. I know what it, what it, what it felt like when someone was making fun of you. Mm-hmm. So I went. I skipped study hall every day mm-hmm. and went and spent my um, hour with special education class just mm-hmm. to let them know. Mm-hmm. You have someone in your back. If anybody messages with you, it's going to be me. You see me because I'm a big basketball player. <laughs> yeah, I'm a them. basketball player. I'll just kill them in, in the court. <laughs> <laughs> that um, is amazing how mm-hmm. God had already started using your story and using your heartache for to be a friend to, to the kids that didn't have true friends or maybe mm-hmm. didn't, you know? Aren't you enjoying Brittany? I'm loving how she's telling me her story. Some parts that I didn't even know. But the best part hasn't even happened yet. So hang on to that. But I wanted to tell y'all one thing. My friend Holly Mackle has curated a book called Same Here, Sister Friend. You've heard me talk about it. It is the funniest book. Spiritual life application inside of there. But funny, funny. And just to know that your friends are going through the same thing. Or have been through the same thing that you have gone through. So Same Here, Sister Friend. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any pretty much any place online that sells books. Um, but if you go through Shopify, you can use the discount code FEATHER20 and you can get 20% off of your entire order. And Holly has some really good things at hollymackle.com. They are pre-order goodies. So if you go and order a book, just save that receipt and go to her website and you can put that receipt number in there and you can get some pre-order goodies before April 17th when the book comes out. So go get Same Here Sister Friend by Holly Mackle. All right, back to the show. So after you graduated high school Mm -hmm. and then there was something when you were about 22 that really changed the trajectory of your life. Tell me about that. So um, I love that story uh, because that's what really brought me to Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a time where I was heartbroken. Um, I was in love with this guy. I thought I was going to marry him. He was, he, he was my best friend. We were mm-hmm. best friend for years. Mm-hmm. And then we finally started dating. And I thought I was going to marry this guy. Like, it was yeah. it was a done deal for right, me. Like, right. I didn't even... You didn't you think know, anything else was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, at 22, we broke up because mm-hmm. I realized that he wasn't the one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, wasn't compatible, wasn't um, mm-hmm. what I was looking for. I just knew God has something... Mm-hmm. better for me at 22 not only I was heartbroken mm-hmm. I also lost a really good job mm-hmm. and then I just bought a brand new car um and so all of that just kind of crashes at the same time and mm-hmm. you know looking back it probably did it seem so um you know it seemed so small but like, during well, that time yeah that was a it was deal. um I was heartbroken because like I said I thought mm-hmm. I'm gonna marry this guy right. and I created this whole religious scale in my head mm-hmm. and I felt like I broke every promises I made with God mm-hmm. I broke every one of those mm-hmm. during that time that I was heartbroken um not having a job and having to pay the bills mm-hmm. and so it's just all kind of crashes at the same time mm-hmm. and I went through some depression mm-hmm. I went through some you know heartache thinking well I don't deserve to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve to be alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would God love me after all of this? Because mm-hmm. I, I literally broke every promise I created in my head. Mm-hmm. That because I thought all it takes for you is to be good enough to get in heaven, mm-hmm. and I failed every one of that in my head. I thought right, I failed every right. day, and it wasn't until a guy mm-hmm. at church um, wanted to get some coffee, so we went to Starbucks and just 
one is Nakasha. He asked me a simple question was, how are you? And I said, oh, you don't want to know. And I just started wow. crying hysterically. Mm-hmm. And I told him everything because I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? If God doesn't think I'm worthy, how is this guy like a think I'm worthy. Mm. You know, there's no way. Like, so I'm just going to tell you my whole life story. Yeah. And here it is. Boom. Uh-huh. And I told him, mm. and I thought he was going to freak out. I thought he was going to run away. <laughs> but all he, um, after, you know, listening through mm. my story, the first question he asked me is, do you think you deserve to go to heaven? I said, well, now I don't. But before, I was a good girl. You know, mm. yeah, I made mistakes. And I um, yes, I sinned, but I always knew God would forgive me. Mm-hmm. But as I create, um, created more sins in my head, mm-hmm. I kept breaking them. Mm-hmm. And I kept breaking even the biggest sin that I think there is out there. Mm-hmm. I broke every one of them, mm-hmm. every single one of them. And I told him um, that, no, you know, now I don't think I deserve to go to heaven. And he was like, oh, my gosh. And so he pulled out his Bible from his truck, and we went through the Bible in the next three or four hours. I mean, we closed out Starbucks. Because wow. um, I didn't realize, I didn't understand yeah. that there's this word grace, mm-hmm. that it's not about works, it's about grace, that, you know, Jesus died on the cross for my sin, mm-hmm. all of my sin. So mm-hmm. there's no scale, right. um, weighted scale, where, you know, one sin is small and then another skin is higher. They're right. all equal in mm-hmm. God's eyes. Mm-hmm. And before that, prior to that, I had a hard time believing that. Or no one ever explained that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realized, oh, my gosh, really? So he showed me different scriptures in the Bible mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Woman 323 and um, different things. And I just told him, I said, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. I'm mm. ready to turn my life around. I'm ready to move yeah. forward. And so I was like, just do the prayer. Let's go. Let's do the prayer. <laughs> he goes, no, if You're this ready. is what you really want, you need to do the prayer. Mm. I'll be there with you. I'll hold your hand, mm-hmm. but you need to do the prayer. Mm. And I said, well, I don't know what to say. I don't right. know what I'm supposed to say to God because I, I thought he hated me for so long. So mm. I have no idea what to say. Mm. So we just sat there and he said, I'll start the prayer and all he said was you know it's just a couple words of you know please help Brittany um open up her heart and her um give her the wisdom give her discernment to what to say because mm-hmm. she's ready to open her heart to you but you know give her the heart and he turned it over to me and literally I have no idea what I said but at that time I just remember it was so perfect. Like mm. everything that came out of my mouth was just so perfect that mm. it could have come from me. It came mm. from Christ. Right. And after I did the prayer, a huge weight of mm. breast came off my shoulder. Mm. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, there is peace. Mm. Oh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's only and it only comes from him and you realizing the grace that he gives you, that he loved you so much, that he wasn't mad at you for <laughs> the sin, but that he wants to save you. Yeah, How man. beautiful is that? Yeah, what yeah. and you know, what a sweet friend that he he was and that he what is, you know, to to share that with you, to have the boldness to ask you hard questions. Right. That's huge. I'm so grateful for that. That's huge. I, I never met his mother until his wedding day. Um, and I went to his mom. I said, if it wasn't for your son, mm. I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, I, mm. he he brought me to Christ. So, that you know, is, it was just really neat to have that sweet. time with his mom and tell him, tell him. That's precious. I love yeah. it. So... Um, how did that change, making that decision? How did that change your life? So I thought it was an overnight change. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, mm. no one guided me and showed mm. me that it was an overnight change. Mm. So that year after 
was probably the hardest year because I was mm. still jobless. I still, ha- I was collecting, still bills. you know, still. still paid. I didn't have a dollar to my bank account at that time. Mm. So I was trying to figure out how to make ends meet. I was trying to figure out how to um, do that. And I just couldn't figure it out. I was just struggling. And mm. so I thought, I'm like, Lord, I turned my heart over to you. You know, I should get a... I thought he miraculously like, yeah. give me money. Yes. <laughs> Drop money in my account. Yes, yes, all of that. Mm. I thought he was going to do all that, right. but I just realized, no, mm. you know, it was more of a test for me. Like, mm. am I really, truly, like, One do I, am I truly committed to God? Mm. Like, really? Like, because I've said it bef- um, over and over in the past. Yeah, I love Jesus Christ. Yeah, mm. I trust the Lord. I've said those things before, right. but it was a different test. Like, do you mm-hmm. really, truly trust mm-hmm. me? So during that year, it was a huge struggle because I was learning how to read the Bible better, mm-hmm. understand words, understand scriptures. I was going to church, you know, getting plugged in and the young singles. But I was I was really struggling trying to figure out what it means to walk with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I wasn't involved in discipleship at that time. Mm-hmm. It was years later when I got right. involved in discipleship and understood what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But um, but. I was walking, I was reading the Bible every day. I was doing different things. And I just told the Lord, okay, it is your will. What do you want me to do with my life? Mm -hmm. Because at that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know what career path he had for me. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. All I knew was... I knew he wanted me to use my clear plan to glorify God and, mm-hmm. or, or use that as a platform to, you know, share the gospel and just share the light in Jesus Christ. But mm-hmm. I just didn't, I didn't know how to get there. Right. So I just kept praying about that. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord just literally one day told me to go to coclear.com and go to the career page. And just click on jobs during the career page. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? There's no way that mm-hmm. they would hire an employed mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. to work for a huge corporation mm-hmm. that manufactured my co clearing plant. No way. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way. I mean, yeah. it's a global company. Wow. They have over 20,000 employees worldwide. No mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I applied for it. I went through the process. Um, during the interview process, this... Um, woman named Brandy, mm-hmm. she was praying over that position because they couldn't find the right fit for a year. Wow. For a year. And so when my resume came through, she looked at my resume. Um, she never met me. She, she didn't even know who I was. She looked at my resume, and she was like, I'm going to look her up. She, she said she had a good feeling about it. So she looked me up on LinkedIn, and she told the hiring manager, I mean, told HR, we're hiring her. She's the right fit for the job. Oh, my like, goodness. Didn't even care about my work experience. She just knew I was the right fit for the position. Wow. So I got hired on. Oh, my goodness. Worked for Cochlear for the last five years. Okay. Um, doing. So my job was to educate people about Cochlear Implant, mm-hmm. walk them through the whole entire journey. Which is what you have gone through. So it's perfect. You are a perfect fit. Yeah. So So you did that for five years. And then when did you know you were called to go to the Memphis School for the Deaf? So I always knew I wanted to go back to Memphis Mm. School for the Deaf. Yes. But I thought maybe I would, you know, get married one day, Mm -hmm. have a kid, Mm -hmm. then, like, work for the school Mm -hmm. when I'm, like, 40, 50, or 60 years old. That was my plan, right? Mm -hmm. Well, God is, like, looking down, laughing at me because he's thinking, (laughs) no, I have better plans for you. Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually um, towards the end. With Kugli, it was getting harder. Mm -hmm. I was getting tired of all the travels. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was traveling all over the world. Wow. Um, 
I'm looking to tell their travel, and I just want to get more plugged in with the Memphis community mm-hmm. through the church, through um, different nonprofit organization or something. Let's just get more plugged in. But I didn't know what that looks like either. Yeah, yeah. And so um, how the transition happened, the Lord literally just created an opportunity for me to go to, to work for Memphis World School for the Deaf a couple months ago. And I, I told So this Lord, is recent. Recent. This so is January. <gasps> January. Really? So four months ago. Oh my goodness. He created an opening and I told him no at first. I told really? him no. Really? Why? Because I just because that wasn't a part of my plan. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought maybe I would meet the husband and then have a kid. Right. And, and then do this later. work later. Mm-hmm. It it just wasn't time. Mm-hmm. In my eyes. I thought it wasn't time. I was like, No, Lord. I mean mm-hmm. you knew my plan. Right. So can you just follow my plan? Yeah, yeah, this is my um, plan and I'll my... let you know how it's going. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the Lord I mean, but he redirected me back to mm-hmm. the school. Um and was like, no, this is an opportunity I have for you. Mm-hmm. And he just reaffirmed and affirmed um, in, like, in different ways, just showing me, Brittany, this is where I have you. Stop fighting me on this. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Just give me a chance. Mm-hmm. But I was fighting against pride issues. I was fighting mm-hmm. against my finances. Because mm-hmm. I was making buttload more yeah. money <laughs> yeah. doing medical sales for right. the last five years. Right. And then they're asking me going from a um, medical sales salary to a nonprofit salary. So That's I was fighting all huge. of these different mm-hmm. worldly mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. Um, internally. I knew it was a great school. I knew I wanted to go back. It just wasn't the right time. Wasn't the right time. But the Lord's like, do you not trust me, Brittany? <laughs> do you not trust me? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And so I finally gave a chance. And that was the best decision I've ever made. Mm. And you were going doing part-time at the time, and now mm. recently you right. found that what? Okay, so I was doing part-time development and part-time teacher assistant, helping the teachers in the classroom. And today, actually, <laughs> I found out um, they offered me a full full-time position in the yeah. development is just what, what I really wanted to do. That is so. so. And see, now God has given you the desires of your heart to be in to the be program the, development full-time. Yes. And it's crazy, but I have so much passion for that school. Mm. I'm so passionate about what the school does because, I mean, I was a product of that school. Mm. And so I it's just imagine. so neat to be excited about going to work every day, go mm-hmm. to sleep great every night, mm-hmm. not worry about numbers and trying to, mm-hmm. to get to the next city or to the next airport. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. I go mm-hmm. straight home. and um, But it's just so exciting to see the parent that comes mm-hmm. through the school mm-hmm. or even the kids that come through the school mm-hmm. knowing that I was one of those kids. That's right. And 25, 30 years ago. And to see, and them to see you. Such encouragement. Such encouragement. Mm-hmm. That's what I hope. Yes. And you never know that God is preparing you now for your other heart's desires to meet me. Yeah, well, so you don't know how this is going to impact that as well. I have you no know? idea. So it's exciting. And, and I mean, and that's something that I'm learning mm-hmm. to really fully trust God. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... He opened doors in other areas in my life. Mm-hmm. So I have to trust that he can open doors. And, That's right. And meeting my husband one day or, mm-hmm. you know, be financially stable, you know, whatever that case may be. Or um, if he could do this, then, mm-hmm. you know, why do I limit him in those other areas? Mm-hmm. I just have to trust him. And so that's something that I'm going through. It's just learning to fully trust him and not trust the worldly desires. Mm. And it's easier said than done. Right. 
A lot easier said than done. Yes. For sure. Yes. But you can just see your glow about your Aww. school. That Even you, my parents said the same thing, I too. mean, absolutely. Are there any teachers there that taught you? Yes. <gasps> so, <laughs> yeah, her name is Miss Cindy, mm-hmm. and then there's Miss Holly, and then there's Miss Sue. Um, those three teachers are still there mm-hmm. today. That taught me many, many years ago. And the executive director of tourism was my former teacher, oh. and she's the executive director now. That is So amazing. it's really neat. It shows you that these people are there all for the same reason, mm-hmm. that they want these every deaf child to succeed. They want every child deaf child to be able to speak orally and to be able to have a successful independent life mm-hmm. to be talking and to hear and so it's just need like my biggest goal at that school is to be their biggest African mm-hmm. I want them to know that I'm their number one biggest fan mm-hmm. I I will do everything in my power to make sure that the school is still going um mm-hmm. it's been there since 1959 wow um and so and it's an, like I said, it's a nonprofit school, so mm-hmm. we had to raise money to mm-hmm. for our kids to go to school there. So that that motivates me. That gets me excited. That my job is to make sure we get the funding for our school. Yeah. And to be to be honest, like I said earlier, I'm competitive. <laughs> I love it. Give me the challenge. I'm ready to take yeah. on. Yeah. And the neat thing is about this whole thing is how the Lord just kind of put the puzzle pieces back together because mm-hmm. I mean before I took the job there were other puzzle pieces that were like sh- uh, scattered mm-hmm. you know whether it was jobs or mm-hmm. I bought a house two months before I got let go mm-hmm. and I was doing renovations on mm-hmm. my house a lot of and money a lot of money investing in my house and yeah. then you know you get let go but my house is less than a mile from my work mm-hmm. now because so, you didn't now, know that then That's the, I didn't you didn't know, know you were going to be there <gasps> so he he so even though, that. you know, I look at that as a as a burner, like, oh, man, I have that weight on my shoulder, but mm. I'm saving gas money or, um, you know, God just somehow provided me with what I need. Mm. That's a key word, needs. He mm. provided with what I need. Now, mm. um, and now, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm working through some worldly desires. That, yeah, but, yeah. you know, that's that's the beauty of having a relationship with Jesus Christ because mm. he's going to give you the best. He's really? going to give you what you need and in order for you to have a good, successful life with Jesus Christ. Mm, I love it. You couldn't have ended it any better than that, for sure. <laughs> I pray and I mm. hope. That when I speak, I mean, I love talking. I mean, mm-hmm. I love talking. I love to talk. Um, well, I mean, if you got detention for it, you know, you love talking. Yeah, now, right, 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 exactly. <laughs> but I just want to make sure as I'm talking to people mm-hmm. that they see the light in me. Mm-hmm. You know, number one, you know, well, we this do. is where we it's coming it. from. <laughs> we see it. We definitely, I see it. I see you light up. Um, and I think your story is amazing. Yeah, and it's, yeah. and God's and not done with yeah, you yet. He's not done with any knew. of us. Thank right. goodness, right? He knew before I was born mm-hmm. what my life was going to look like with mm-hmm. even what my life would be with a co-clear plan. So mm-hmm. all of that valleys, mm-hmm. all of the mountains, all of the heartache that I went through was so worth it. Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, because mm-hmm. it brought me closer to Christ. And it just gets better. Mm-hmm. Even though there might be valleys, it's going to get better it's after gonna that. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. So. I love it. Okay, so at the end of my episodes, I usually ask my friends the eat, read, pray, love segment. So what okay. are you reading? When I'm reading, um, there's this devotional book that I really like. It's called The Awaken. Okay. It's by Priscilla. Oh, Priscilla Shire. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's, it's really good. I've been and, hearing about it. Um, it's actually really good for someone that's going through what I'm going through because mm. um, it really, like, 
she gets to the point. Mm, and it's just that. kind of, yeah, good yeah. to get your heart, making sure your heart's in check with, yeah. with the Lord. That's awesome. Okay, what are you praying for? So my parents' 40th anniversary Ooh. is coming up in September. Oh, my goodness. So I'm just praying that, you know, I'm always praying for them yeah. that, you know, that they continue to put Christ in the center of their marriage mm. and that they, um, you know, continue to strive on that. I just feel like every time I see my parents, they're more in love than mm. they were before. Yeah. So I just pray for that. Um, uh. And also, I I want to pray. I've been praying over my um I've been praying over Memphis Oil School for the Deaf. Mm. Just all the parents there, all the kids mm. that are going through the program, um, mm. the uh, the teachers, the staff, mm-hmm. just yeah. to know that, you know, even though you may not see a huge jump of mm. success in one day, mm-hmm. but in over time, there's mm. that success that every child will get um, and that they don't get so discouraged by, mm-hmm. oh, man, my child didn't say this today. Mm. Or the teacher might say, well, he should have already you know, been talking. So I just pray that they take a step back and just mm. trust God and mm. that they know that, that God is at work and they continue awesome. to trust God with that because um, obviously he did, my parents did with me and the mm. teachers did with me so I pray okay. for that and of course I'm just praying for my family and friends. So what are you eating? What do you like to eat? Like snacks or what do you okay. usually like to eat? This is kind of weird but <laughs> I love eating a banana every yes. morning. Every okay. morning. Every morning. Every morning. I cannot go a day without a banana. It's weird. Now, peanut butter or just well, banana? peanut butter. Sorry. That's that's, that's another thing I have it. to have. But do you um, have the peanut butter on the banana? No, I kind of have. You have to have them separate. Yeah, I got to have a banana every morning, every okay. morning, no matter what. Okay. Peanut butter is a thing. Like... It's a good I, thing. I love I just can't live without peanut butter. But not on the, but not on the banana. I mean, I like them together. Okay, sometimes, sometimes, but just not but every morning. Every morning, it's just a banana. She's a banana every morning. I don't it's know what healthy. And my best friend Brittany, her name is Brittany. Uh uh-uh. Every time we take a trip, once a year, Fine. once a year, she always makes sure she packs a peanut butter cracker because I, I, I have really have high that. metabolism yeah. on top of that, yeah. and I have to eat all the time. So yeah. she always makes sure she has peanut butter and crackers for me. Yeah, what like a good she is. Absolutely, because on the plane ride, you might need it. I mean, yeah. they won't have those, And right? she beats me all the time. <laughs> Every time she sees <laughs> she me, she goes, here's your peanut butter crackers. She, yeah, has she to, knows. She knows. Sweet. She knows me well enough to I, I that. need peanut butter or that. banana. <laughs> Every three hours. <laughs> every three hours. Hey, that sounds like me. I don't know if I have hypnosis, but I'm hungry every three hours. I For am sure. Too. I am. I just like I can to eat. eat a fat meal, and I'm still hungry three hours yes. later. Yes, like after dinner, I have to go get a bowl of cereal oh, before too. I go to bed. Oh, I do that. I love a bowl of cereal. It makes me go to sleep yes. better. Okay, which is your favorite bowl of cereal? Um, Apple Jacks. Okay, I'm but- Rice Checks. I'm, I'm in the oh, rice you're healthy. I'm not no, healthy. No, no, no. That's not healthy. It's so many carbs. Checks. It's good, though. I like Let's it. See. So you like Apple Jacks? I like Apple Jacks okay. or Pops or Captain Crunch. Okay. <laughs> or <laughs> Honeycomb. <laughs> you're awesome. All of those things. Okay. So what are you loving these days? Um, Anything outdoors. Mm, I okay. I mean, obviously the weather's been great, so yes. I just love being outside. So where awesome. I live, mm-hmm. I just love to be able to go walk in my neighborhood. Okay. I love the people there. Yeah. So anything outdoors is what I'm loving right now, especially with this weather coming through. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, peanut butter. Like, <laughs> peanut butter. It's like, it's, life. it's so sad. Like, it's so I good. have a couple of basketball, peanut uh-huh. butter, outdoors. <laughs> 
and I mean, as you do in Jesus Christ in there, right? And then, woo, then, <laughs> then makes my good. life happy every day. Content. I love it. You're so sweet. Thank you so much no, for joining me. This is great. Thank you for being here and I love talking this. This to is me. Great. I hope I. Oh, yeah. it was awesome. Okay. It was yeah. the best. I teared up twice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Hold <laughs> it together, Ren. Hold it together. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, thank you for no. taking time for me tonight. No, I appreciate thank you. it. Thank you for thinking of me. Absolutely. Um, and it's funny. Like, I have thought about, like, wanting to share my story in some mm-hmm. way, some shape, some form, mm-hmm. and how the Lord just kind of brought you into my life mm-hmm. and just allowed me to share my story in other ways to glorify God. Absolutely. Um, so it's just really neat. Like, it's awesome. If you just put your trust in God and just pray about it, God will show you somehow. And mm-hmm. it's just really neat to see that. So thank awesome. you for thinking of me. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Absolutely. I really enjoy that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brittany. Told ya. Isn't she the sweetest thing ever? She's super spunky, but she is keeping the main thing the main thing. I'll tell you, just about her trust in God and using the experience with her cochlear implants to share the good news of Jesus. And just light just exudes from her. And so I'm just super excited that she got to be on the show. Thank y'all so much for listening. Remember, you can find us on Friends of a Feather podcast on Instagram and also on Facebook. Remember, we're all friends of a feather. Let's stick together. Be encouraged, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.